He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you. And uh, today is Monday, November the 9th. And you know what that means. It is Masters Week for the first time ever. November Masters coming your way Thursday of this week. We'll have a little early tea times because the earlier sunset. Supposed to be a bunch of weather rolling through Georgia off of a tropical storm. So the rains could be plentiful. And uh, the tea times are already moved up Sunday anyway to get out before the afternoon football game. So we'll get much more into the Masters, but we do want to congratulate Carlos Ortiz. Uh, big win for him down in Houston. That was kind of a, um, you know, a career altering win for Carlos Ortiz, who's been a good player, but needed a breakthrough. And he got a breakthrough in a big way with Dustin Johnson and Hideki battling him on the back nine. And he's able to birdie 16 and 18 to win that tournament by two shots. So big shout out to Carlos Ortiz. That's kind of a, a career-changing win for him, all the exemptions that come along with it. So good for him. Happy for him the week for the Masters. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about how many ever times about young guns and guys in the game. You know, he's he's only 29 years old, Colby. So, I mean, he's technically still under 30. And, I mean, a guy who just come out and win. He's had a lot of – I mean, he hasn't been one of those guys who you think of, like, who's polarizing like a Matt Wolf or anything like that. But, you know, he has had a lot of steady finishes and has had been a fairly streaky player. But when he's on, he's shown some good golf, as we saw this last week. I mean, if you're able to beat DJ and Hideki by two coming down the stretch the week before the Masters when we know these guys are trying to – prep and have their games in the top form I think says something and um so did that did that propel him and so did that get him into the field this week man that's a good question you would think that it would but I actually don't know the answer I don't think he was high enough in the world golf rankings before no he was not he was not in the field prior to last week I actually had the full masters uh field pulled up earlier he is well I go to if he is in the field he hasn't been updated to the DraftKings list because I punch in Ortiz and he's not there so kind of interesting that you know you don't see that very often because no, normally I got, the fi- I got the full field pulled up and I just command F for uh, Carlos Ortiz not in the field so I'm assuming that because this is part of this next wraparound season he'll be in the Masters in April so that, he won't that's play exactly this it yeah and that's exactly how it works and it's just weird it just adds on to this phenomenon because you know there's so many things that go into into the Masters going forward I mean you know, it is so weird to think about the last Masters that we watched was Tiger winning. It just feels like it feels like champ, baby. It feels like it happened five years ago, does it not? With, oh my every, gosh, with everything that's happened in the world, not not just sports wise, but over, I mean, just everywhere. I mean, it feels. I mean, it's been a full eighteen months since we've had a Masters. But it feels it, to me, it feels like longer than that. It does. Well, lots happened since. That's then. what I'm saying. Lots. I mean, it hasn't just been normal life. And we've had, obviously, if it was normal life, we wouldn't have 18 months between a Masters. But life has not been normal whatsoever uh, since Tiger won that Masters. So it is weird that he's still the defending champ. And, and it goes into uh, the point I was trying to make is that normally that's one of the biggest things about winning the week before Augusta is the fact that it propels you into Augusta, yeah. which is something that people love. And the fact that you win the week before and you're not getting into the field. And it, it makes it even more weird that Houston was always the tournament before 
um, Augusta that got you into the event. And yes. now that the schedule that it got moved back to the fall and this, and it worked out the same way. And to know that Ortiz had, had what you just called a breakthrough win, which is exactly what it was. 29 year old beaten two of the best players in the world by two shots. And for him to not get into Augusta is, I'm not going to say it's a crime because Augusta can do really whatever the hell they want, but it is, it just adds on to the flavor of obviously it is the masters and we love it to death, but kind of like we were talking about before the show, it's just with it being in November and everything else going on, it's just, it's just a little unique in a sense. Yeah. It, it kind of has a weird feel to it. You know, we're, we're right in the middle of football season right now. It's really heating up both the in-state teams here, obviously on by this week, which is really nice. That is really good for the state of Oklahoma. Really the nice. Golf fans in the state of Oklahoma. Yes. Because if Bedlam were to be this Saturday, it would, it'd be too much. It'd be way too much going on on, on one, one Saturday. Oh, no. And, I mean, college football's trying to take um, advantage of it. Game day is going to be there. They're going to be on – it's the part three course, right? Yeah, they'll be – I think off – I think they said off the back of the ninth green. Where the, what the big course. pond is that yeah. – uh, and people hole out. Yeah, scenery, the whole all that good stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's going to be fantastic. And we had talked about last week who the guest speaker was. They haven't made an announcement on that, Colby, have they? Have the guest seen? picker, no. We do no. not know who the guest picker will be. I think that'll be – that'll be very interesting. You wonder if it'd be someone with – with Georgia ties, golf ties, you know, we were talking about potentially maybe it being someone who missed the cut and ended up being a last-minute deal. That would be fairly interesting. With And there is no Part 3 contest this year um, for anyone who didn't catch any of our previous shows. That is another big thing, which also adds on to the feel of just makes it a little bit more unique. But at the same time, we got another major championship, major championship coming up. And I think one thing that we were really curious about, and it still is going to be, is just how is the course going to play? Because... Well, I mean, we saw the pictures a month and a half ago, whatever it is, and it's as it's as brown as it, as these trees are now since the ice storm, and all of a sudden it looks like paradise again. And so, are are the greens going to be the same? Are they not? Are the are the same people usually contend? You mentioned earlier, Colby tropical storm coming in. That's going to play a huge impact on the course. Well, not only that, because since it won't be as warm, if it does rain, I wonder really how how much the course will be able to dry out over the weekend. Because if that rain comes through, then I mean, we could potentially see a lift, clean, and place situation at Augusta National where you don't guys, see that very often. No, and and I mean, if we have lift, clean, and place at Augusta National, as good a shape as that place is in, and you know, as kind of I'll say as friendly as some of the fairways out there are, we could see some really low numbers if guys have ball in hand. You, you got the computer in front of you, Colby. Are we looking at is this something for like practice rounds? Because I haven't been tracking the tropical storm. So is this going to come through on the week, the uh, before the cut? Is this going to be coming in before the tournament? Is it going to be coming on the weekend? What, what, what are we looking at here weather-wise? Yeah, so I mean I'm looking at uh, pretty high rain chances on starting on Wednesday and thunderstorms rolling Wednesday through Friday. That's as far as thunderstorms go. And the Saturday and Sunday is still supposed to be rain. So, um, you know, the, the course should play longer because obviously it's going to be a little chillier. But, I mean, even... even and to, wetter, too. Ball's not going to roll. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just start uh, tomorrow on Tuesday and go through Sunday with the high temperature. I mean, the temperature is going to be fine. 78, 80, 78 starting on Thursday, 78 on Thursday, 78 Friday, 70 on Saturday, 75 on Sunday. So the temperature itself won't be a problem, but if the course is playing as wet as we expect it to play, then, I mean, the balls are just going to be sticking. You're not going to get a ton of, uh, of rollout. So. And Colby, that's, that's the high for the day, correct? The on, high on, temperature. Okay. Yes. So, and, and remember some of these times will be pushed up and that's one thing too, to consider if it does rain, the thunderstorms Thursday and Friday, that could push some tea times back. We may not be able to even get this tournament in until Monday. If yeah. It's, you know, with the way really it's looking, you know, with weird. the way it's looking and, and that, that would add even more to the weirdness of it. And, 
but it's going to be weird anyway. I mean, not having the patrons there, it's going to, I think that's going to be one of the more weird things about it is, I mean, that is, when you talk about, because when, whenever you watch most golf tournaments, you, you have your idiots out there, mashed potatoes and, you know, yeah, all this stupid stuff. Uh, and it's like, it, you don't have that at Augusta. And that's one of the things that makes it super prestigious. And for there not to be a crowd, going to be a, a huge crowd behind the back of 12 tee box when all the leaders are coming through, going to hit it. I think it's going to kind of hit us even more home about how, how weird it is. But at the same time, they're not going to put an asterisk beside the winner of the tournament, Colby. I mean, they're going to still put on the jack. And unfortunately, I don't think the chairman's going to be putting the jacket on Tiger. I think Tiger's going to be putting the jacket on someone else. So that's still going to happen on whether it be Sunday or Monday. I mean, hell, I mean, these guys, they'd push it back to Tuesday if they had to. I don't know. Is what's the, are, they, are we having a tournament next week, Colby? PJ, or is there? Oh, hell if I know. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I mean we, as far as I'm concerned, the uh, season ends after this week. But I can look up and see what – I'm sure there's something next week, but I have no idea what it is. Because normally you don't want to push things back all the way to Tuesday because then it messes with the next week. But I think at this point – because one, I don't R- even – RSM Classic. RSM Classic. Yeah, I, I think they would make some scheduling arrangements around to make a guess. They're, they're not going to cut the Masters short to make sure the RSM Classic gets put in. But no. but But they're going to – I mean, with, with that much thunderstorms, I mean, a tropical storm coming through, I mean – that's a lot of rain, and Augusta's going to be able to filtrate. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think it's going to be one of those situations where, oh, the course is too wet, we just can't play today. But if there's literally thunder coming down or if it's raining so hard that the sub-air system can't get the water off of the greens quick enough to where they're standing water, then you eat, then you just can't play. And with it already getting dark earlier in the day, I think with that weather report there, Colby, I would be shocked if we got the tournament in on Sunday. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it depends on just how hard it rains and, and the delays and things like that. Uh, by the way, before we move too much on into Augusta, I also want to congratulate Taylor Gooch, friend of the show. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that Sunday round, Colby. Oh, my gosh. That was phenomenal. Seven under. I mean, that. Uh, I mean, you just saw the birdies kept going in. and you just oh, birdied see, four of the last five, I think? I think home? so, yeah. I know he birdied yeah. 18. Yeah, I birdied know 18 and got hot coming in. And I mean, that's a solo fourth in uh, – that's a solo fourth in Houston, which is, I mean, that's big time. And I'm solo fourth, and you and two, and you got beat by Carlos Ortiz, which we just said was one of the breakthrough wins, the breakthrough win of his career. And then the other two guys, DJ and Hideki, they haven't really done much with their career, so those aren't two guys you really want to beat. And besides that, he beat everyone else in the field, and I think that's something that that he's going to be able to build on going into this 2021 season. And um, you know, like I said, we couldn't be happier for the guy. He's he was so gracious with us and gave us so much great insight onto the tour and what he's been through and it goes to show that all the stuff that he talked about so for anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast um, back when we had him on when in march or april whenever it may be make sure to go back and listen to it because well, and, and just go to the 73rd hole.com and it's the featured interview right there front and center just hey, click on it it'll take you to the link taylor gooch you can't miss and, and it's so great because he talks about all the different things that he was has been working on in his game what he did when he was younger compared to what he does now and it's just evident. All you have to do is look at the results that he's had since then, and it'll show that this guy knows what he's doing. And so for anyone out there who wants to get better at their game, just go to the 73rd hole, click on It's going to be the first thing, you, first or second thing you see, click on it, and um, you'll understand why this guy is going to be on the tour for a very long time. Yeah, nice check, too. 343000 is what Solo Fourth nets you at the Houston Open. So really good week for Taylor Gooch. Really happy for him playing some good golf, and uh, glad to see that as he's moving forward and kind of steadily moving up 
the world rankings, playing really well this fall. So, uh, Taylor, obviously a, a big part of the conversation this week is going to be the guy who won the last major championship, Bryson DeChambeau at Wingfoot, obviously ran away from the field, won by six shots, and his distance has just been the talk of the town. He's He's gone out and tried to get even longer now, and he and Sandy Lyle played a practice round last week, and Sandy Lyle gave us some of the uh, clubs that he hit in to some of these holes. So let's just – I'll give you a quick – Run down here. Number one, it's a 445-yard hole. He hit sand wedge in. Number two, obviously, the par five. Hit eight iron into number two. Number three, he flew the green with a three-wood off the tee. That's the par four, uh, 350 yards. Flew the green with a three-wood. Number eight, par five, had seven iron in up the hill on number eight. Number nine, he was hitting sand wedge in. Pitching wedge on 10. Nine iron on 11. Seven iron in on number 13. And he hit three wood off the tee on 13 in the practice round. So he went three wood, uh, seven that, iron. That's probably to hook it more around the corner, yes. which will probably be what he'll end up doing. And and one thing, too, is that I, I from just off reading what you said before you finish up, Colby, I don't know what the wind was doing yesterday this day, but very I'm, true. I'm seeing a very common trend of it doesn't really matter what direction the hole's going. He's having a very short club into the green, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. And then number four, 15, obviously par five, had nine iron in there, and then sand wedge in on number 17. Uh, the only one that's not on here didn't get to figure out what he hit on number five or what club he had in on number five because I think we know with his length that's going to take those bunkers out of play. It's probably one of those he, – he, he has it maybe once around or he'll hit a couple off the planet. That might have been one of those holes to where, you know, right. he's off in the weeds and so we don't know exactly what have him. But I think I think he'll be able to carry those bunkers depending on wind and coldness and all that good stuff. So I think that that will give him a big advantage. And, you know, what's kind of funny is that Tiger hit 9-iron into 15 in 97, and we had to Tiger-proof the course. So Bryson's now hitting 9-iron into 15. So what what direction is Augusta going to try to go go in now? I, yeah, I, that's I, a good question. I mean, one thing that they're doing, and obviously this is going to be big for a guy like Bryson, uh, green reading books, not allowed at Augusta National. We, we ain't reading the greens in a book. We're reading the greens on the green. And obviously, you know, Bryson knows we, Bryson can read a green without a book, but he does rely pretty heavily on them in competition. I mean, he spends a couple minutes looking at the book, studying, doing his research. That's not going to be allowed in tournament play. So I'm very curious. I, I think obviously he has a huge advantage striking the ball just with some of these clubs he'll have into the greens. But I really wonder, will he be able to putt the way he putted at Wingfoot, uh, where he was just one of the best in the field with the flat stick? Because that's part of what propelled him to that victory. I, I just wonder how much of a difference that'll make. I, I need, yeah, I need to because I, I I saw this headline, Colby, and I need you got to look at the clarification of it and see exactly where the rule, how far it goes into it, because you know there's certain limitations. You'll see the yardage book or the yardage books, you know, where they'll just show like kind of the contours, the way that it looks, and then you'll have the one that has like a they're different colors depending on what the grade does. Then you'll have the ones that literally show uh, there'll be 150 arrows on a green, on a standard size green, if maybe more and they'll all say like 4.2 4.25 i mean it, it can get so in depth it's literally absurd and one thing i look at that colby is that you know the, it's it's similar to like a training aid using on the golf course like you can't have a training aid and use it on the fifth hole of a tournament but you can use it on the range and all that so these guys will have access to this information before the tournament. And so, you know, how in-depth are these guys going to be able to put into their notes on what the green does? Like, what is eligible and what isn't? Because 
if do you are you able to put any numerical numbers on the green because you you have to know how far deep greens are so that's an, a number so, so i'm looking at an article right here it says that guys are provided with yardage books that show the location and direction of major slopes on the greens but it's not like the full plot with like the grid and everything like that and bryson was asked about it at, at the last masters that was played in april of 2019 and he said it makes it harder all i can do out here is judge with my eyes is it as precise as the green books absolutely not so he's admitted that it does make it more so difficult on so it. from from the way i'm reading that they've never at one point released a green book that had that detailed of green because I, I say that because if so that is a huge 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 advantage what I'm, my point I'm trying to make is if they have ever released a green book that is that detailed and now they're not, anyone who is a past player in this tournament, because in, any any player knows you don't get rid of your yardage books because you're going to come back to the course. You need to keep the notes that you have. So if at any point Augusta has given out one of these books, that is such a big advantage to anyone who ever played in, in that year that they did it. Because well, and, and I don't know that they did, so let me read you this sentence, and this is from a Golf World story that was written just a, a few weeks ago. It says that Augusta National, which is always played by its own set of rules, Rules, the topographical maps that plot putting surfaces down to the tenth of a of a degree of slope are not allowed. So, so, so I, they, they may not have even had because I don't know exactly what goes into it, what technology they need to be able to read it. But from what it sounds like, it doesn't even from the way you're reading it, it doesn't sound like that they've ever had that. So, which which is good because. Because to me, Colby, I mean, I think you can understand. I mean, if at one point at, through a five-year stretch, if you had more vital information than the other guys did, for anyone that played in that five-year stretch would have a huge advantage. I, I'd be going going to the USAM champ that played in whatever major it was and saying, hey, I'll buy your yardage book for a 1000 bucks." Oh, you, yeah. I mean, you, Victor Hovland, low am at the Masters the last time it was played, which, again, that just tells you how long ago that Masters was played. That, he he that, was sitting in the room with Tiger. Oh, I, he was I, in Butler Cabin yeah, with Tiger. Yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, was. And, and now, I mean, it feels like Victor Hovland has been out on the tour for a while, and he has. I mean, he turned pro six weeks after the Masters. Uh, no, I guess it wasn't six weeks after the Masters because he played in the U.S. Open because he was the uh, the champ there, but ten weeks after the Masters, he turned pro. Uh, but that was a long time ago. But, yeah, it's it's just weird how long it's been. Uh, so it'll be curious to see how Bryson handles that going in this week. Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side, and talk about some of the other major Masters headlines, uh, some of the early contenders. Of course, we'll have a full preview show that we'll get out to you on Wednesday morning. Uh, we're hoping to have Woody on again this week like we have for the last couple of majors. Uh, we're going to try to make that happen. But either way, we will bring you all of our picks, uh, and they will be plentiful. One thing we're definitely going to talk about after the break right here is the cut rule that has been changed this year at Augusta National. So we'll get into that and much, much more after the break. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. 
Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole Masters Week in November. Tiger Woods, defending Masters champion. Not, I'm assuming no uh, no champions dinner this year with COVID. Maybe a virtual champions dinner. Virtual champions dinner. I'm assuming they're just not doing the champions dinner. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Send a... Oh, that is one thing. Did you see where Augusta sent out the uh, to the people who had tickets, the care package or whatever for, I think it was 100 bucks. So you could get... You got like so many of the Masters Cups. You got a, the pimento sandwich You got or the cheese sandwich. You got the... The um, barbecue sandwich. The barbecue sandwich. You got the... Um, God, what's the other damn thing they have? Yeah, um, all, all, all Literally everything that's on their list, they, they sent you in like a... Like a Hello Fresh box type thing. That was nice of them. And I was like, Augusta, y'all are freaking stupid. Why do you not do this every year to everyone who doesn't make it to the tournament? Do you know how much more damn money you'd make? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, so many people would buy those just to have the cups to reuse forever. Oh, dude, I'm, um, I'd be, I, you said it was what, 100 bucks? I, I, it was something like that. It was some price. And, and I don't know what all was included. There may have been a t shirt too, for all I know. But nevertheless. Yeah, I'd do it. You know, like, I, I've, I'm, you and me, we've never been to Augusta. I, I had a friend who went one year, and literally I told him, I said, All I want, dude, I'm going to buy you beers. I'll buy, I'll give you money for beers. Just bring me the cups back. I, I said, Whatever price of beer is, keep, drink the beer, enjoy the beer, bring me the cups back. And that's the, the Master's Cup. I mean, you've been over the house, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty secretive with my cups. You're about the only one I let drink out of the Master's Cup. Yep. And I always make sure not to steal it. Well, I, let I me, always let me make rephrase. sure you don't steal it. Let me rephrase. I always refrain from stealing it. Well, man, one thing about it is that if, if it was a 2019 Master's Cup, I would probably have it framed and never touch it. Yeah, but it was 2017 when Sergio won, which oh. is kind of which is kind of cool. I mean, I I was one of those guys where I mean we're getting out of rabbit hole here. I always wanted Sergio to get that major; he always deserved it. It was and nice for him to get one. Yeah, it, I he, don't need him to get a second one, but it was nice for him to get. He one. Ain't, he ain't gonna get a second one. No, no well, he, well, well, he, he ain't getting a second one this week. Definitely yeah, for sure. Definitely I'm, not. He has now tested positive for COVID. Uh, he played in Houston, popped positive for COVID this morning, and was ruled out. That, that was something that we talked about. COVID. Do you think? Just, just off the top of your head, don't make not conspiracy theories. We're not trying to connect the dots on something we don't know about. Do you think it's because of fans that he got COVID? It's, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I watched a little bit of it this morning. Um, I was, I was out of the country in Mexico. You and I are actually social distancing. We're about twenty feet across the room recording this podcast today, just to be on the safe side. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It could have been. I saw. It looked like. Uh, I mean, they they were allowing two thousand fans per day, and coming down the stretch yesterday. The, all the fans were packed in there. I mean, like you knew they would be. I, I just, I don't see how you can social distance on the 18th green with 2,000 fans because everybody wants to see the action. So you're outside and people were wearing masks, which obviously, you know, is all good outdoors, masks, all lowers the chances of spreading it. But I, again, I still just don't know that it was worth the risk. We'll, we'll see if there's any other ramifications from it. But I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that's like, if he would have gotten it at Houston because the fans wouldn't the quote the the incubation period I guess is what they call it take a few more days to test positive I don't really know but I mean it's a huge bummer for him and also Joaquin Neiman who didn't play in Houston tested positive uh, I think Friday or Saturday and so Joaquin Neiman is out of the Masters as well so uh, I feel awful for those guys who should have gotten to play this week at Augusta and instead they're going to be home on the couch, probably uh, hopefully not sick as a dog watching other guys tee it up. Yeah, and you know, and you know, we're we're recording we recording this on Monday and yesterday was obviously the last day of the tournament and you know, I guess they're gonna be testing the next couple of days. So I mean and there is a I mean 
I, and honestly, I would be surprised if there wasn't at least one more person between two, Tuesday or Wednesday come out I would and have too. to withdraw. I, I would I, too. I, if, if I hadn't, and it's some you really hate to bet on, you wouldn't bet on. I'm just saying if I would, if I had to say one or the other, I would say there would be at least one more player. I, I would say in all honesty, I, w- I would think it'd be closer to two. I think two. I think two players would have to withdraw as opposed to no one at this point. That that, that I, w- I think that would be a more likely scenario just because of you know talking about I mean influx away and all this and and they had the fans and I think there'll be at least one player from Houston that played that will have tested. I, I, I truly think. I mean I hope that isn't the case obviously, but I mean it just it sucks to say, but it's it, it's the world we live in. Colby. Yeah, it'll be something very interesting to keep an eye on throughout the week. Looking at the uh, odds for the tournament during you know while we were on break there, we pulled them up. We're kind of looking at him. Bryson DeChambeau is the favorite. He is at eight to one. He's the only guy single digit odds at eight to one for Bryson. And then there's three players at 10 to one. That's Rom, JT, and Rory. And then you've got three more players who are better than 20 to one. That's DJ at 12 to one, Xander at 14 to one, and Brooks Kepka has now moved up to 18 to one, looking healthy, playing well last week. T5 in Houston chipped in actually uh, from about 20 yards off the front of 18 green to secure himself a T5 in Houston. So any of those, any of those big favorites, I give you seven names there, the guys that are better than 20 to one odds to win the tournament. Any of those really stick out uh, as somebody that you think even at low odds you you might be willing to sprinkle a little bit on man i tell you what one thing i find interesting about that you said kepka moved up to 16 to 1 or 18 to 1 18 to 1 i I would have liked to seen the future bets a few weeks ago on what you could have got him at because i don't think he ever got south of 30 to 1 because he's I, such a big major player, but I think I did see him at thirty to one a few weeks no, ago. Mate, well, he went through how long, ever long a period where we didn't know if he would play, and I'm, you know, I mean, you could have got him seriously there. So him moving up to eighteen to one is interesting. Um, finished second here last year, the Tiger, which is, I mean, like I said, feels like forever ago. Actually, had a putt on. He would have had an eight footer on eighteen, which would have technically sent it to a playoff if yeah. he would have made it. I mean, um, obviously, Tiger may have he had played a fairly 18. short putt on seventeen. I think too. I he think did. He had it a putt was inside of fifteen tiger. feet on seventeen. Oh, t- Kepka had all the chances in the world to win that tournament. I mean, he he. he the water on 12 as well. A lot of people forget yeah. about that. A lot of people think about Fino and um, and uh, Eduardo Eduardo Eduardo's brother. brother. Yeah. Eduardo's brother, yeah. And so um, you know, he it kind of gets lost in translation there that he only lost by one stroke and had all those things happen. So you know, and, and he just came off of a, a top five finish. So is I don't which, know. Which is the best golf we've seen him play in some time. A long, long, long time. time. Long time. We're getting a guy who who is who is known for his major prowess. And so I think he's definitely a guy to look at. And so I at eighteen to one or sixteen or eighteen, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. Eighteen to one. Eighteen, 18, to, one. 18 yep. to one. I think that's a that's a decent bet to lay on. If I had to go with any of the bigger names to to win, I don't know, maybe Maybe JT after that close finish at um at was it is it Zozo where they played Sherwood or yes, CJ? Yes. Yeah, yeah. CJ was at uh, Shadow CJ Creek. CJ was at Shadow Creek. Yep. Zozo was at Sherwood. Yeah. So it's Zozo when he hit it in the um in the crap on the fifteenth all that part three and then messed it up down the stretch. Maybe that's a little bit of motivation for him going forward because he's been playing some pretty good golf. Same thing with Rom. Rom was right there at Sherwood. He's Rom ten to one. Rom was right there as well. He's had um, I know he finished fourth. I can't remember what he finished last year here, but I know that he played. He's he's had some pretty good finishes at Augusta. So he'll be someone to look at. Um, someone I don't think you mentioned in there, Colby. Did, you didn't mention Bubba, did you? Bubba's uh, no, I did not mention no. Bubba. Bubba is twenty-eight to one. Same odds as Patrick Reed and Tyrrell Hatton, and then just slightly better odds. The only other guy between Kepka and those guys is Cantlay at twenty-five to one. Man, I'm hearing a lot of twenties. What in the world? Where in the world they got Tiger? 
Uh, Tiger is 35 to one. So you got, uh, so I mentioned the guys at 28 to one. The only other guys ahead of Tiger in the odds, you got Webb at 30 to one. Morikawa is 33 to one. And then Tony Finau and Tiger are both listed at 35 to one. And so, I mean, I think that shows it right there. Vegas putting Tiger's odds at 35 to one. I mean, if he was playing any remotely type of form, he would be one of those guys inside the top uh, 20. So, you know, I'm looking at JT and I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm last time we saw Bryson, he dominated the tournament and he did in his own way and from what we just um what sandy law is saying about the clubs he's hitting in it's it'll be interesting to see that he's he's gonna be having such these shorter clubs in the, but also too colby with with it being if it's gonna rain it it's gonna be able you're gonna be able to hold the greens a little better yeah. so you know that his distance advantage may not be as big of an advantage as it would, but at the same time, like we mentioned well, earlier, the ball is coming in with a seven iron, lift clean in place, ball in hand, perfect lie, soft green. They can get that seven iron to stop. You think that benefits somebody like Morikawa, maybe, who can land those irons on a dime? I, I, I think it would. I think, and two is that I think because Augusta could play different almost every single year, and I think that. You know, we haven't seen, at least from, it's been a long time since I remember a super violent rainstorm coming through. I know that we got some rain last year a little bit, you know, but nothing like super, I remember when Tiger won in 2005, they had to push things back and his Sunday, or I'm sorry, his Saturday, his third round, he had to finish Sunday morning because there was so much rain. So, you know, there's been, in 2007 was, was when Zach Johnson won and it was real cold. And so my point I'm trying to make here is that, I think it will benefit the guys that have seen Augusta played at all kinds of different levels. You know, who, I mean, even someone like Rory, who normally has eight months to wait to try to get to his Grand Slam, you know, he's played multiple double-digit masters now. So he's seen this course multiple different ways. And so, you know, someone like Bryson, who's had a limited experience here, he's trying to do it a little bit more uniquely, kind of like he did the U.S. US Open. But I really think this will, even even more so than it does before, this will benefit the guys who, who have experience here because, I mean, like you said, the course will will play different almost each day. And so you mentioned Morikawa, great ball striker. I just I just don't know how he'll be able to, you know, like you mentioned, get used to the greens. He's not a I don't as far as I know, he's not an extreme green book reader. But at the same time, Augustus Greens, the more years you put on them, the better you learn the breaks, just like any other green. So I, I the more that I'm talking with you about through this, Colby, I'm I'm leaning towards people who have seen this course more times than not, just because it's gonna play so different than it has normally and I think it will play different different on a daily basis yeah so let me ask you about a guy who has had a lot of success at augusta national but has shown us no form whatsoever in gosh a year and a half maybe since he's shown us really any form and that's ricky fowler i mean guy a lot of people around here love ricky fowler i just saw a ricky fowler commercial on tv even without the form he's still you know everybody loves him flashy personality the bright clothes all of it has not been playing good golf, but has a good track record at Augusta. You know, if, if Reed doesn't uh, just play absolute nails a couple years ago, he would have won that Masters, played great. I think Sunday 64-65 for Ricky a couple of years ago. He's all the way down at 66-1. to one. Holy moly. 66-1 to one with Paul Casey. I mean, that's just barely better than Phil, Jason Kokrak, and Abraham Answer at 70-1. to one. But Ricky's got a good track record here. Um, you, you know, any, any chance uh, that you think Ricky could – be in the top 10 Saturday night when we go to sleep and have a chance to contend on Sunday? I mean, whenever you whenever you, you look at uh, you making a bet on this one because we're looking at the odds here, and you, you look down and you see Ricky Fowler 66-1. to one. I mean, 
as much as I, as much as you talk about the no form, and obviously we talk about how he can't win the majors and can't has bad performances in the big tournaments, can't really finish them out. Man, it, it's hard to sixty six to one. That is insane for Ricky. To, I mean, I know like we just mentioned all the reasons to not bet him, but I mean that's that, ten that is, bucks to win six hundred sixty dollars. That's an insane number. I mean, and we you know we talk about the odds of you know like what what could we have got Kepka at a month or a month and a half ago, and you know what would Ricky have been last year? You know, right. for example, you know I don't can't remember what his odds are with they closure on this term. I guarantee they're a hell of a lot better than sixty six to one. He was probably. I guarantee he was probably one of those guys inside the twenty to one range last year, if I had to guess, yeah. um, to win. I mean, he yeah, may have been twenty to one, or even even inside thirty. Maybe he was one of those guys like Cantlay this year's. I think twenty four, twenty five to one. Yeah, Cantlay's twenty five to one. So Ricky was probably in that range last year coming in. Uh, another guy, and, and I'll give out my picks tomorrow once I've done more research. But I'm just kind of first looking here at the odds. Louis Oosthuizen is a veteran of Augusta National. Louis Oosthuizen likes this golf course. He plays it well. He's a phenomenal ball striker, uh, and he's not a guy who buries his head in a green reading book. Louis Oosthuizen is 55 to 1. That's pretty long odds for a guy that, you know, has put himself near the top of the leaderboard many times. Finished third at the U.S. Open a few weeks ago. Um, Really hadn't had a bad finish in a few months until I picked him a couple weeks ago at the, um, I believe it was the Shriners. Or or at least Zozo. One of the tournaments, whatever the last tournament was he played in, he finished like 50th. And before that, he hadn't finished outside the top 20. So, you know, that's just more to your credit. I think that that, I think that he is definitely a name to look at. Like you just mentioned, fits the mold of experience, fits the mold of ball striking, fits the mold of, besides that very last tournament, had good form over a multiple months stretch of time and so 55 to 1 I think that's another guy that you can look at to uh, to do it and you know just for me Colby I hope that we saw it at the U.S. Open and I just hope we don't see it again whether it be Bryson unless it's Tiger Tiger's the only one who can who can fit this category I don't I don't want to see a five or six shot winner coming down the stretch I, I just don't want to yeah, see I don't it. either I don't, I don't want to see that I want to see I want to see Augusta for what it is I want it to be as intense I mean obviously last year Tiger was there so that makes it even more intense but just put though even those name the other names that were around there and just the scores and how great of a tournament that it was all the drama that they had the the balls in the water on twelve the yeah. um, you know um, D, I, I, want, DJ- I want twelve to be drama I want twelve to be drama I want to see somebody have to chip from over the back of fifteen green needing to get up and down to keep themselves in the tournament I want to see a tee shot on sixteen hover on the ridge and then make its way down and that gets somebody a birdie that that vaults them right up into the lead that's that's what I want to see this way because we didn't get that at Wingfoot. Wingfoot was kind of a snooze fest on Sunday. It was a great performance from Bryson, but a lot of times those great performances are snooze fests. And I, I just don't want that this week. It's November Masters. Let's let's party. Yeah, we we got to have a party. And and so and one thing to mention too, we we were talking about this during the break is that Rory came out and said that there's going to be more Bermuda around the green, so he thinks that'll make chipping tougher and from my perspective, I think it's going to be very interesting what days and how often do they or if, if they do because of the tropical storm have to play lift clean in place because I mean, even as great as Augusta's grass is, if you're able to put your ball in a good lie with with extra Bermuda, what um, the type of grass it is, you, you're going to be able to have a benefit. And so, if on day if if they play more days where they don't play it, um, lift clean in place, I think that's going to benefit the people who are better short game players who have who are able to get it down more often, a little bit more creativity around the greens. Because I think some guys, I mean, we t- we talk about Hovland all the time, who's not a good chipper, but even some other guys who aren't the best around the green players, um, you know, DJ's not particularly the best around the green player. And so, you know, you look at that, and if they're having to hit off of a uh, 
you know, especially if it rains too and they're not moving it, you know, a slightly wet lie that's tight. Well, and well, not only that, one thing I was wanting to get into was Rory played a practice round last weekend of October with his dad and said, uh, or the last week of October, and said that because it hasn't been cold enough for all the Bermuda to fully die out, they have overseeded it with the perennial rye like they typically do, and it's come in nice and green. But he said you can still very much tell in the fairways and around the green, some of the chipping areas, that it still has that grainy Bermuda feel to it because that grass hasn't been able to fully die off because it hasn't been cold enough so that that'll make chipping much more difficult to have that that grainy bermuda under there we we know it we've seen it time and time again and uh i think that guys who are able to chip well off that stuff will will have a huge advantage this week because it'll be it'll be tricky if, if there's a little bermuda grain underneath that perennial rye oh there's no doubt about it and i think that you know a couple other things that play in the short game one is that you know, how much does it rain and how much does the, the sub-air system, is it able to take out of it? Because from my understanding, and le- and, and we're looking at, and we're talking about a tropical storm here. I mean, we're talking inches and inches of rain. And so, but if you don't get, the, if, if you're talking just a normal rainstorm, that sub-air system is going to take it out like that. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it, it's going to be gone. And so, you know, how dry are they going to be able to make these greens? And then two, how fast are they going to want to make the greens? Because that is going to play such a big factor into the chipping as well, because if the greens are softer, makes chipping a lot easier, especially if you're going downhill and if they're slower. But if they traditionally are going to be as, as hard and as fast as they are, and you add the extra Bermuda around there, make it grainy, and you're having to figure out, you know, how do you want your, how to use your hands, use the bounce into the club, uh, you know, exactly, you know, the special types of shots you want to use around the greens. Maybe see, maybe see some, Maybe see some more bump and runs this year as opposed to other years if they're um, if they are playing it slightly down, maybe bumping it into the hills because they're because the hills are so so steep that they're not going to collect that much water. So you know you're going to be able to bump it into a lot of the hills and bump it up. May see some of that if if the uh, Bermudas come in as much as as Rory says or as Rory says it has. And so I think these are all things that you know we can, we'll be able to monitor as the week goes along and to see you know is it. And I, and one thing too, Colby, is that I think it could play different each day. I think Thursday could be an entirely different course compared to Sunday. I mean, it, it seems oh, absolutely it could. I'm and we see that generally in a major anyway. But I'm talking to an extreme level that we normally don't even see. I mean, I'm talking it could be, I mean, miles apart, different golf course. Yeah, and what's interesting to me, I'm just still scrolling through the odds here, and I'm scrolling down to look at long shots. The last time that the Masters was contested, Francesco Molinari was playing some of the best golf in the world. And through that front nine, he was absolute nails, looked like he was going to win the golf tournament, splashes it on 12, splashes it on 15, uh, and he just has not been the same guy since. But, I mean, through 63 holes in the last Masters that was contested, he really looked like he was going to win the tournament. He's 150 to 1 this week to win the Masters. And I tell you what, those. He's he's got worse odds than Victor Perez, Lanto Griffin, and Kevin Na. Are you going to put any money on Francesco Molinari this week? Not even a little bit, no. I'm not even thinking about it. 150 to 1 is not nearly enticing enough. That is. That is. You talk about fall from grace. I'd be more likely to put it on Zach Johnson at 125 to 1. And I tell you what, and he was someone I'm looking at, and he, um, I'm, I'm still looking at my DraftKings lineup, figuring out exactly how I want to spend spend my budget here because we mentioned all the big names, so there's a lot of guys you can go with this weekend. A guy who might be on the cheaper side just because of the things that we mentioned, Colby. I think Zach Johnson may be a guy to look at. I mean, fits all. I mean, he's not the bomber per se, obviously, but he's he's won the green jacket. May see some similar conditions. Not going to be as cold, but with wet to what we saw in. in I mean, uh, lay it up it, if it is ball in hand. He can just plop it down, soft green. 
Throw, I, throw a wedge up right next to the hole. I've been playing pretty decent golf lately. He's gonna know how the greens break. Obviously, I mean, how many every how many ever times he's putted on them? Has he seen the course play so many different ways? I think he may be a guy to look at. And big thing this year, Colby, ten shot rule is not in play. I was just fixing to say before we get out of here. I mean, that's. That's a big deal that the 10-shot rule is gone. So it's now just top 50 in ties. Used to, it was top 50 in ties and everyone within 10 shots of the lead. Now, I don't know if this is permanent or if they did, just did this this year because they knew that they were going to have less sunlight. But and, and also, put it in perspective, top 50 in ties, There's this isn't a 144-person field, obviously. There's there's probably yeah, like 92, 80, I think. 92. So it's, it's always in the high 80s, low 90s, somewhere around there. And so, you know, 92. So, I mean, you're looking at over half of the field is going to well, make the no, So 92, I think. I actually, so I'm showing 93 but i think this is including sergio, sergio and uh i think that yep so this is including sergio let me see if this is including neiman as well because of both of those guys uh this is not including joaquin neiman this story that i'm looking at so yeah this was after joaquin neiman had tested positive so we're looking so without at, sergio now it will be 92 all right so we're looking at 92 players and you're talking People get, um, you know, it can be misleading. 50 and ties. So, if you could be T49, goes down 10 spots. All of a sudden, you get 60 players yes. that, that make the cut. And so, whenever you're talking about out of 92 players, you're getting over half the field that makes the cut here. And so, I mean, it's... While the, while I believe the 10 well, shot... Well, not only that, you've got former champions, and you've got a lot of guys in here that you know just won't make the cut. I mean, we've got amateurs in here, Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize, Jose Maria Olatabal, all in the field, several amateurs. Uh, I mean, there's... There's probably, I'd say, I don't know, 10, 15 guys that just aren't capable of making the cut yeah, right yeah, now. So. Exactly. You have your traditional um, USAM uh, winner, US uh, runner, USAM runner-up. You have your US Mid-Am winner. And those guys can make the cut, but you wouldn't expect them to. Oh, yeah. I mean, like a few years ago, uh, Hagestad made it, and obviously Hovland made it when he was an amateur. Yeah. I mean, normally out of the amateurs, there's about anywhere between five and seven of them, and generally one to two make the cut, generally. But at the same time, these aren't people that are, you know, they're not contending for the tournament. You know, they're not going out there and trying to win. So, you know, and we've talked about it on our show before, Kobe. I think every tournament should enforce a 10-shot rule because 10 shots over the course of 36 holes really isn't that much depending on, you know, obviously how many people are between you and how big of a lead there is um, between, you know, is there a – does the leader who has the ten within 10 shots, is, does he have a five-shot lead or does he have a right. one-shot lead? Because you, know? you only need one guy to fall apart. Yeah, so let's say like Bryson goes out and Bryson leads by five shots after 36 holes. I mean, then everybody who's from that second place, five shots behind Bryson to where the cut ends up at, all of those guys, so whatever 49 and ties of those guys will essentially all be clustered. And then if Bryson were to go out and shoot 74-74 on the weekend, all of a sudden now you've got everyone else who made the cut that could have a good weekend and win the tournament. Oh, absolutely. And, and so to have... You want to have as, as good of a tournament as you can. And we, we've seen it before. Guys make the cut on the number, have great weekends, allows them to to move, jump up the leaderboard, get in the top tens, and sometimes even contend and win tournaments. And so I think that, you know, we talk about daylight pushing it up. I think that had a lot to do with it, the fact that we're just we're running out of daylight. And so we have to have to make sure that these things get done. And so you, you don't want an abundance of players out on the course to hog it up. I mean, we're already doing split tee times and um, off the tee, which is a big 
big thing for Augusta. Oh, it's, yeah. I'm, oh, it's going to be weird watching guys tee off on 10. It's going to be really weird. And finishing on 9 as well. Oh, my gosh, yes. And and it's, um, you know, we talk about Rainstorm. That was the last time we brought it up on our last show. That's when Jack um, Jack finished on 9, played his last hole at Augusta National on 9, which is a complete travesty. But nevertheless, I think it's going to just add more on to the fact of that this is a weird Masters and – I, I just I hope that it's as it's it ends up being weird in a good way at the end of it because as of right now there's so many weird factors going into it that we need I think we all golf fans we need a great Masters yeah I, I think I think I think we yes. deserve one you know I mean we've had we've had some great tournaments come back we had had the work day with Morikawa JT we've had some other great tournaments in there the PJ Championship is really fun to watch and um, obviously there's more I'm missing in between there some playoffs that happen but. Man, we we need an exhilarating back nine Sunday at Augusta. Yeah, I'm in. I'm we all do. in on that. Uh, we're going to try to get Woody on for full Masters preview. So if we're lucky, Jim Woodward will join us and give you his Masters pick. So we'll have that out either late tomorrow afternoon or early Wednesday morning. And uh, we will give you all of our picks, DraftKings lineups, uh, best bets, odds, things of that nature. We'll talk about some of the things that guys have said in their pressers. And, I mean, we'll just get you completely ready for the Masters. 100% in detail uh, preview for Augusta National in November, unlike anything that we have ever ever seen before potentially unlike anything we will ever see again with a november master so uh everybody thanks for listening today congrats to carlos ortiz winning the houston open we'll be back with a master's preview tomorrow or wednesday thanks for listening once again to the 73rd hole